Okay. All right, welcome back to Five by Two. Two bros, five hot takes. I'm Zach. I'm Sean. So uh, today we are actually going to be talking about Ready Player One, kind of again. Again. All right, because that was... Um, can't get enough. Yeah, can't get enough. We liked it so much or hated it so much. Or hated it so much. But, there, but um, since the movie came out a couple weeks ago, uh, there's been a lot of talk online um, about it, a lot of discussion about whether the movie is just a nostalgia trip or it's actually got some substance to it, um, and the book as well. So we're going to look at the book first and then the movie afterwards. Okay. So, so you want to do the movie review afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Because... Uh, spoiler alert, I have uh, not seen the movie yet. And I have! He has. So, uh, but I, this is something that I almost feel like we've, for me, we've talked about doing a podcast, but this, this question about Ready Player One keeps coming up, and I've had conversations with people about it, I've read things about it, and I think it's just a really fascinating uh, subject for a lot of different reasons. So, uh, and I've even heard... Another there's a whole podcast just about the book where they kind of trash the book I think, but um, it's it's a really interesting conversation and so Sean and I both have been kind of going back and forth about this book so we're talking about my my point of view is why I don't think it was a great book and I even though I haven't seen the movie I'm expecting the movie to look to be better because it looks pretty cool um, so I'm interested to hear how you thought what you thought about the movie but so for me my problems with the book. Um, and I, I don't think these are that crazy. I'm sure if you've read or cared about it, you've read this somewhere. Um, but uh, my thought, my first thought as I was reading the book is, this is a young adult fiction book that's written for adults. And I think you've seen over the past few years people growing up with Harry Potter, right? Yeah. And so then these people, I think, I don't know if it's they want to go back to that time but I know that there are a ton of adults that read young adult fiction, right? Just a lot and of... And write young adult fiction. And write, oh, <laughs> let's not forget that. Uh, plug, plug. <laughs> so that, that's, that's something that, that feels to me like, it, it, in this it kind of has that feeling of there's a lot of young adult fiction type things that are happening, but then there's some more adult things, like some of the language... Um, is is more inappropriate for kids, and I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of people who would let their kids read that book, um, but some of the things I I just don't feel like now let's, are appropriate. let's maybe we should talk about what do you mean by young adult? Young adult fiction is a book that is I'm not saying that adults like shouldn't read young adult fiction or that it can't be of high quality because I think there are some really really good young adult fiction books. Yeah, so. But I think the age is where it gets kind of confusing. Like, so typically in writing, young adult is, um, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, up to new adult, which is like college years, basically. Is there a new adult fiction category? Yeah, oh yeah, it's really popular. What would fit in the new adult fiction category? Um, new adult fiction categories are books about, like, that stage after young adulthood, where you're, <laughs> like, learning to be an adult. Because actually, those those all those stages like are, college years, they're, most they're of them pushing, take place in college years or after graduate high school. Adolescence is going um, farther into your twenties. Right. Well, it is. I mean, 
And that's kind of the, that's kind of what new adults. People are hitting covers. kids are hitting puberty earlier, but maturing later. Saying <laughs> <laughs> hormones. I well, for me, I I almost think I of me. I guess young adult fiction. I think of as almost being like from eleven. To See that 15, I would I 16. don't consider the eleven like a book written for eleven year olds. And that, that might be adult. I consider it to be middle grade, which is like And the other thing, age. and you'll run into this too, I'm sure, with your kids, uh, is that my kids like their reading level is pretty high. So like my daughter finished all of the Harry Potter series like in fifth or sixth grade. Like she just stormed. Right. But those it. are books that kind of grew they, with their audience. And they and like I the reading level it did like the reading level the went up. It went from being like a middle grade book, the first book. No, it, it to really. Being adult, she like really it wrote was, it that way. Right. Yeah. Right. We've talked. I think we've talked. I thought I found that fascinating and, and really smart from her that right. she did that. So if you look at the Harry Potter books, I would consider them to be young adult novels, at least the last four. But you. But the but first, the first three few might be middle more. Grade. Yeah. You know I mean? So that I, maybe Especially my maybe one. my definition of what a young adult fiction book should be is is inaccurate. Um, maybe it's just that I thought the book was so sophomoric that <laughs> sophomoric. <laughs> that I didn't know where else to, to place it. So, okay, so that's me. I, I, I was reading it and I thought, this is a book that's written for someone who's, like it's written for an older person, but it's almost written like... But it's got a, those young adult tropes. It, yeah, it, it should have, um, it felt Finding like identity, it was. You know. And I think if he would have aimed it, and you've, we've talked about that, you think it, that kids wouldn't get those references they wouldn't get those. and it wouldn't be as interesting i i just feel it's like it's 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 it got one foot in both worlds but it doesn't quite know where to land okay well that goes which to my didn't, first didn't point of what i like about didn't it. hurt its popularity obviously uh-huh. so i'm i must be i must have missed something so what i like about it is it's kind of a genre twisting um novel it's a a dystopian novel mm-hmm. but also is kind of utopian in a lot of ways because yeah, dystopian in the real world real world they we're real geez, real world they live in it's horrible there's a lot of pollution people have just given up as it says in the beginning of the movie in the beginning of the book people give, give, people give stop up, trying yeah. to fix the problems you know mm-hmm. what I mean it's just trying to outlive them right um, so you got the stacks where the, the trailer park's basically vertical now instead of horizontal and which I think is a really cool idea yeah, From a dystopian yeah, type thing, that Cole kind of stacking up these trailers, it's right. it's pretty interesting. Like that, that's the one thing. And this, I'll talk about that later. But I think there's so many really cool ideas. Well, and that that's one that, that's cool, but it's not the it's not what the book is about. That's no. just the backdrop, and I appreciate it about the book. Right. So the utopian part is the oasis, where you can be anyone, where you can um, get lost and like true escapism. You right. Know what I mean. Now, no, the movie, I, I totally agree with that. This is where the movie that. and the books are look a little different. And I'm okay. not going to spoil the movie yet. So, I might talk okay. about it You can spoil later. it for me. I'll spoil it for you, but I don't want to spoil it for people listening. Oh, okay. You know what? I think, how long? Yeah. <laughs> I think we have a... There's, Including my parents. I think there's been a uh, an update to the whole spoiler alert at, at some point. If if it's been out for a week or two, you can't... I, know. I don't know. It took me like seven weeks I'm to not, see Black Panther. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, the timelines are for spoilers. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, so the so first thing I liked about it is that it blends kind of two genres, not more than two, but like multiple genres right. together. I think you that's, I mean? that's a good I like point. I like that about it. I, I, I would agree with you. I, I do so like it's that. It's young adult, it's dystopian young adult, but it's mm-hmm. also got this twist with this, with the uh, Oasis. And, right. And, you know, I thought that was really cool. Right. Really I, 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 I agree with you completely. Um, my second reason why I, what I didn't like about the book um, is that the dialogue, 
thought was cheesy. There are really some really bad examples of dialogue in there. It's not his strength. He, again, writing, trying to write for teenagers, um, they didn't sound, it, the dialogue to me didn't sound realistic. It didn't sound, it, it, just some of the interactions, like how they joke around with each other, it's, it's just cheesy. It, he didn't, it doesn't feel very authentic to me. Um, again, with the tone, you know, like I said, I, I thought it kind of felt young adult fiction at some points and then at other points where it's more adult. Um, if you wanted to go that way, I think their, their conversation, if you wanted to go more like for older audiences, I think their conversation would have been raunchier because I'm, you know, when you walk around, life kids, they've been raunchier. Oh, right. If you walk around (laughs) any high school today, uh, you will, you know, you, you can't stop and tell everybody to stop dropping the F-bomb. It's, it's, unless you're, Maybe at a Christian school or at a Catholic school where you can, you know, give people demerits. Um, I, I don't know. You, it would be raunchier. And not that, I've, I'm, not that I'm saying it should have been, but it just felt like some of the parts, you know, where they're, where they're talking, exploring more adult things, maybe with sexuality, and then the dialogue with the characters, it felt kind of cheesy. I don't know. If- well, I, I felt like the author... Um... He must be a gamer. I don't really know much about Ernest Klein. I know he's from Ohio. Yeah. So bonus points for that. Um, but he must be a gamer. He's obviously a huge fan of video games, retro right. games. I, yeah, I think he says something where about like he's the, a nerd. I, I, and I feel like he, his characters talk like that, which that the nerd culture, geek culture is getting bigger, but it still doesn't you know, represent the, ma- the majority of, I think, young adults. And, and also, they, the way they talk is different than like, a nerd that's older makes references to Star Trek and things like that, where maybe a geek that's younger, <laughs> right, they make references to Harry We need Potter, to be careful you know I mean? that we, we differentiate between nerd and geek. I just saw a really great infographic about the difference between a nerd and a geek. I always thought, uh, people used to say I was a nerd, but I said, no, I'm not smart enough to be a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is a geek, because I like it. Yes, because the, the one is... I. I the one is more like smart and and goofy, not and not very socially adept, and one is more you're into weird stuff and into games and and or like uh, what do they call LARPing, you know, like it's some like there's there's the cool like being a nerd has has become cool or being a geek. I'm not sure which one. I have to look at that. Being a geek has become cool. Right, being a geek has become cool. Being a nerd is still kind of the pocket protector. Uh, horn rim glasses. Which I've never seen anyone who actually did that ever. No, but that's the... Say by the bell. Yeah. The, uh, so that's... Uh, well, I think... And that, that's another thing I think about that book is I think the whole geek culture kind of gave him a pass because, oh, he's writing about geeky stuff. And I think that's also something where he's like, I have this built-in... Aut- I'm not... I'm not sure... I'm, not saying he thought this necessarily, but I think it's like, oh, it's geeky stuff, so it's it's cool, right? Sometimes in geek culture, like stuff gets a certain like um, cachet, like you know Star Trek. You know, there's there, it's cheesy. There's there's cheesy stuff on Star Trek. It might have been groundbreaking at the time. It's definitely I, cheesy now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I and I like Star Trek. I'm I was raised on it. You know, I, I'm not as good of a geek as my dad is but I, I was raised on Star Trek I appreciate the social commentary the ideas but it's not like you and I, I don't know I'm sure the geek geek culture also notice realizes that you know and they realize 
they're not like looking past all the flaws. They they realize that because they're in some ways geek culture is really critical. Yeah, super critical. Huh? But last Jedi, anyone? <laughs> I mean, man. <laughs> but not. I don't feel like they're critical enough with this book. But okay, you're. Well, next. I feel like I I, I kind of squeezed it there. Okay. I think it's either you love it or you hate it. It's not in between. Right. I feel like that's what the, I think. The, I feel like the geek culture is split on the on the book and and the movie. Have too. you heard some some? I've only read pushback from more like media, like not like specific geek references. So, oh, I've there's been a lot of a lot of people just um, say it's shallow. A lot of the geek people who don't like it, they'll say it's shallow, that it's poorly written. And that it just like it just uses nostalgia like it's a drug to get you high, mm, yes, to get you through the book. Where other people say, well, they they love the nostalgia part of it. So like, yeah, that's awesome. Right. And I that, that's kind of more where I fall in line. But you don't I feel don't, like it's there's not my favorite book of all time. Right. I enjoyed it. That's all I'm saying. And um, there's but I also listened to the book with Bill Wheaton. All right, who actually? Oh, like, Will Wheaton makes everything better. So he uh, he did. He made the book better. <laughs> so like even when I watched the movie, like. I still had his voice in my head when it was when I recalled recalled scenes from the book because it's not the same. The movie's different, but you know what I mean. So like that, 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 that probably flavors it. I I, yeah. I would be interested to look at how different it is from listening. That should be our next podcast. Listening to except that we don't have enough time to do a good I sample have to study. Read a book and then, <laughs> read a book then, and listen, then to listen to it. Time. That would be a great a great comparison. How different how differently that affects I've done your. It before, but okay, so what's your next? So, I mean, my next point is the nostalgia. The nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I... It all kind of runs together. Yeah, in the movie, it's even more so, because in the movie, that stuff is visual. And it doesn't have to be described by someone. It's all in the background. And I think, I think that, like I think that makes it better, right? Yeah. It makes that, it easier to digest yes, because... It doesn't you, seem as forced. You don't, right, you don't have to go through that laundry list of where he's going through, and you're like, okay, you're just checking off boxes of this 80s... Thing and that 80s song and that 80s movie and and, and uh, I guess back to this nostalgia thing there were times I read the book or listened to it that I had to stop and google um, you know stop and google things like because I wasn't sure about the reference especially um, with the old, some of the old Atari games yeah you know what I mean um, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie War Games and in the book that plays a huge role well I would say know? this I don't know how many people I I I, I I recognize a lot of that stuff, and I'm a couple years older than you. I, but I don't know what his like target demographic was because at this point now, to me, Atari is like that was kind of like the older brother. I'm I, I'm used to like first the Nintendo, Nintendo right? right? I knew about Atari. I knew about Pong. I may have played Pitfall. Atari a few times, I but I, I wonder how many people, except like for Uber geeks, have really spent that much time with Atari that are under. Like, you know, late forties. A lot of right? people play play games on uh, online, on like uh, okay. emulators and things like that. But um, okay, so the nostalgia and this kind of piggybacks off that. Um, my third thing was I just thought that the eighties references were kind of lazy. He just almost had a laundry list, and he kind of just went through and just it. And I said this, I've said this to you before. I think it would have been cooler if he focused in more in one like specific area like because he he did the video games but he also like did so much with the the movies and the the music and the tv series and there's just so much to pick from where i i think which would have made the book completely different but if he had focused on either a, a less 
um, well known time period or like a like you know oh I don't think it would have had the main it wouldn't have had the mainstream success and that that's that's my it would have been a different book it probably he cast a really large net right very wide net and that's why that's why when I first saw the previews for this movie I wanted to read the book because I was really interested in this whole concept because I thought you know that's an idea that seems like it would work a lot better as a movie than a book and then when I read the book, I was like, yeah, these, these just so many, everything, and you, you, all these songs. And, and also, another thing, I think at, 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 at some point, I don't know when, but we've turned into a really nostalgia-seeking culture. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, maybe it's always been like that. There was a, this... Um, I, think, I think it deals more with our entertainment. Yes, and, I think and the cycle, general, I think, is, yeah. getting, is getting shorter. So I have this book at home, all right? It's called The Good Old Times, They Were Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I got this book when I was on vacation with my family in, like, Missouri uh-huh. um, back in, like, 2001, okay? And it's about basically how we people look back at the old times and, and like, we see it through rose-colored glasses, yes. you know? And yes. the book, is, it talks about how, really, those times were horrible. It, mm-hmm. it tells, these are just stories. It was just yes. the stories of how bad working conditions were or how different groups were mistreated um, or how just you could, living conditions were. You could beat were, your you know, wife and yeah, yeah, the police would like take you to jail. And it, it's actually kind of a, it's supposed to be um, somewhat of a comical book. Right. So it, it, Tragic comic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just tells stories. All it is is just stories that would make you think, second, like make you second guess your, your assumptions about the past based on how people, older people would tell you about it. You know it, what I mean? Yeah, and this is, it's also interesting, like, what what for you is nostalgia, right? Because when, like, now you start seeing, like, 90s nostalgia, or, you know, you live through it, people who've lived through that period are like, no, that's not, that's not good. Don't do that again. <laughs> you know? Well, I think, so, I mean. There's a reason why we don't do that anymore. And But nostalgia right now, I think it's big because we've seen, in the entertainment industry, everything is, not everything's new. A redone, but we get all these like you know um, sequels or or soft reboots or straight up reboots. You know what right. I mean? And it's these easy. are successful. I think Fuller House. Fuller yeah. House is huge on Netflix, right? When it first came uh-huh. out. Okay, Stranger Things. I mean that. Very that's much a lot of that eighties. But I thought they did a good job. Like I, that's why I think. It, well, I think the characters are a lot better in Stranger Things than the Ray Player one. They're yes. more interesting. A lot the more char- it's more character out. driven, but the nostalgia is. I mean, it's there's still some really softballs that they that they throw there, but and again, it's a it's a maybe if that was a book exactly, it's visual too. It would be a little less. So you can see a poster in the background where a character in a book doesn't have to comment or doesn't have to be described by the author. You know what I mean? Right. And I walked into the room and there was a yes. a Def Leppard poster. Or that's yes. What you know what I mean? Or but the movie or a movie or the TV show Stranger Things that can be in the background and you can just see it and notice it. That reminds no. me of my next point, which I'll save for later. But that that that's a big deal. The the way it, the the exposition, just the way he goes through and and explains things and sets things up. But I think that that's a really interesting point, and I feel like that's a very to me it's a very interesting topic of how we reflect on things and mm-hmm. how we look at things. Like there's a there's a, a Woody Allen movie, and I'm. I'm not. I'm kind of changing. I've really changed my stance on Woody Allen, obviously, because 
Yeah. He's uh, but he's made some great movies. But um, with uh, Owen Wilson, I forget the name of it. But Owen Wilson gets transported back to the time of uh, he's in Paris, right? Yeah. And he gets transported. Is that it? Uh, and he goes back and meets Hemingway, and you know, because he idolized Hemingway in that time period. And you know, I for years I was I I was a huge Hemingway fan, and that that just appealed to me. And then he meets this girl, and she takes him back to the 1880s. That's where she wanted to go, and he he's like, why wouldn't you want to be here? This is the best time. So it's like that whole That's you know, um, and then also the thought of you know, I'm really tired of certain nostalgia. It's like the when I listen to these uh, X radio stations. And they're still playing the same songs, the Violent Femme song that they played on the radio that was the retro alternative song, you know, from the 80s that they were playing in the 90s and the, the Billy Idol song. And there's certain things that I'm just like, this is, I've heard this so many times. And maybe that's just me. Uh, but I'm, I'm like, you're still playing the same retro I think 80s stuff. Is, 80s is big right now. 80s has been big for a while, though. Right. It's it's. I mean, I mean, they've had '80s music stations forever. Right, know? right, but, but I, I mean, like the fashion. I think the movies, the movie, the movie, video games from the '80s are are big now because millennials, including us. I'm not a millennial. You're a millennial. I'm right. Generation X. You're Generation X, and I'm millennial, even though I lived before the internet, which is stupid. That's another. That's another there's discussion. This, right there. There's another. Yeah. Um, but I think the. What am I trying to say? The the population. I mean, the people that are really control in control of media culture, right, are the people that grew up in the 80s right now. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They were kids in the 80s and the early 90s. And I think that's why it's big. Right. Yeah, that's, that, that's an interesting... There's so much to look at and so much to think about. It's, it's really... It's, you get really lost in the woods when you start trying to figure out where... When this started to become nostalgia... You know, who's that, who's that nostalgia for? Well, to get us back on topic here. All right, so the, my third reason why I liked Ready Player One, or three things I liked about Ready Player One, the book. All right, my third reason is the online school. The um, online school. Yeah, the online school. In, in the Oasis, basically when you're in, you can, you can elect to take high school classes there. Right. And the main character, Percival, um, Wade Watts, uh -huh. He does that. He, he he graduates from online school. I think he does, graduates in the movie. I mean, in the book. I mean, um, education. But he goes there, and, and and the online school. The online school sounds awesome. To be able to put like you know your students in a virtual reality and show them what you're learning. I'm a history teacher by trade, so that would be terrific. Don't reveal your secret identity. Oh man, now that'd be really cool to be able to um, you know like we're learning about the. The, uh, the ancient Greeks to like show them, you know what I mean? Like to go to, to ancient Greece as, you know, created by some developers and <laughs> things like that, you know what I mean? It, obviously it'd be an artistic interpretation, but that's better than, you know, nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the online school was actually one of my favorite parts of the book because I, I, I just kept thinking as I was listening to the book, like, man, that'd be, I threw me thinking different things I could do as a teacher, right. you know, with that. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure that's... The problem is my students would probably be searching for porn while I was trying to use this. <laughs> what are you doing over there, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, well, because you, you, can't, you can't always tell what they're doing. I mean, that, that's what I thought was interesting. More, to me, more interesting about the book was him describing the Oasis or 
the 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 uh, just the whole environment of the book without going into the talking about the all the nostalgia stuff. So like the school, how the Oasis worked, uh, you know, all those nuts and bolts of that. How he went to that when he when he um, goes undercover and kind of puts himself in debtor's prison. That I thought was more interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm sorry if I uh, something. You know, it's a guy's. Okay. I'll come up. Come up but, that a little bit. But so that was yeah. I mean that was. I, I I would agree with you. That was, for me, that was more interesting than, than um because that whole that's part of the that's part of the world building that he did instead of the nostalgia, uh, aping. You know the actual because the actual stuff that he had to think up and and create as an author rather than just. And that's actually one of my... Hey, um, Back to the Future. That's oh, one of my next points, actually. Know. So we'll oh, get all, well, yeah. so I'll come on that when we get to it. Okay, and then I guess we are, this is one of mine that we kind of talked about, and I'm circling back towards, but um, uh, the exposition, I, I thought it was lazy. Just the way he would, and we like you, you were talking about previously, It's and this is why I thought that it would make a better movie, because having to describe these certain things and... Uh, lay it out for you rather than um, than just kind of show it. You know, he had he had to tell more than show. Right, and that number one rule of writing is 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 show don't tell. Right, right? that's like the number one thing. Yeah, and I think that's that's just the the, the craft of right of you know being an author. That's the difficulty. Is so do you think he did a bad job writing that? I mean, do you think like I think that the way he structured his this universe. Right, this world. Uh-huh. He kind of had to give some exposition for people who weren't familiar with, yeah, you know I mean, with a lot of the nostalgia. And I don't know how yeah. how he. This this that's why this is so interesting is the different parts of the, the different ideas and how they don't quite fit, but you feel like they could have fit. To me, right. You know, I think that's why it's so frustrating. And that's why the movie looks really interesting. Although some of the reviews I've been hearing are just blowing it away, but I think it's up more for. An ideological, like that. I, I need to see it. I really do, but maybe I don't. Maybe it'd be better if I never saw it, so I could still have this idea of what it might be. <laughs> Just like the Oasis. The movie is is good. The movie's good. Um, I mean, it's so that yeah, good. that that the way he just just the way he writes. I don't think he's he's a great writer. I think he's he's got interesting ideas, but I don't think like as an author that he's a great author. Just the way he transitions into things, and I don't know if there's a better way. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I don't know how he would have done it better, but I didn't write that book, you know. And I mean, I guess, I guess to, for you, is writing more important than story? What I mean by that is like, I enjoyed the plot, I enjoyed the world building, I was, and I listened to the book, which is probably a little different than reading it, but I, I didn't really, like a lot of people I read reviews of the book. I mean, they crushed him on his writing. Crushed him on his writing. Yeah, because it's not always you know very I mean? good. Um, as just a, as just the the craft of writing, like. But does it matter when the story is engaging? You know what I mean? When you care about the characters, is that so important? I mean, obviously, in one way, not because he was really successful. I mean, right. So and I, I, you, you can't take that away from him. And so it's I, maybe it's just what I'm expecting out of it. That I'm I'm expecting too much, or I'm not being fair with with that. Um, 
I think there's two different camps of criticism. There's the some people are criticizing the way that he set up this. I, I listened to one podcast and they were talking about how the stakes weren't really that high in a way. Like, oh my, they talked about how his his aunt died. Well, I'm right? gonna yeah, I'm gonna disagree with them on that. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about because I I guess I could go to that for my next point. Let's go uh, ahead and segue to that, right? Yeah. So the fourth reason I liked about the book, the fourth or for, first fourth thing I liked about the book, I should say, um, is that I thought the author. Mm-hmm. Ernest Klein did a good job of creating danger in the real world. Mm-hmm. So I disagree with the point that made, was made in that last podcast. Mm-hmm. At first, when I started reading the book, I thought, okay, what are the stakes going to or I started listening to the book. What are the stakes going to be? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're in the digital world, so you die, you lose all these things you've worked for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? that's the, When you're in the oasis, I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen to you is you can have spent years accumulating this digital wealth, treasures, all these different things, and if you die, you lose it all. Someone basically takes it from you, just like right. you're playing Fortnite or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, and that would be a big bummer, mm-hmm. especially if people who spend their majority of their time in the Oasis. That would be a huge bummer. Right. And, but that, for me, is I'm not, I'm not a huge serious gamer, uh-huh. like so that I didn't really connect that well. But then when he's in the stacks, and there's the explosion, um, and his aunt dies, but it's framed as like it's a meth lab accident. Right. You know, um, that gave the story more weight. And then when the, you, the whole idea that there's this corporation who has infinitely like wealth and resources right. is trying to find out where this one man is, at the same time he's trying to stop them from taking over his, his basically life in the right. oasis. You know what I mean? That's some high stakes. When Shoto, I think it's Shoto, one of the Japanese brothers, spoiler alert, not really brothers. Not really brothers. Yeah. Um, one of them gets thrown out a window to make it look like a suicide, I think. Right. Right? Like, that's, the, you know what I mean? The danger of losing your identity, like finding out who your identity is and finding out where you are. Yeah. And then, I thought that was great. And then, like you said earlier, when he goes into um, the evil corporation, um, I, what are they called? S, no. Sixers. Are They're the called the Sixers, yeah. That's what they call them. The, the guys that are in the yeah. IOI. That's IOI, what the name yeah. Is. I, IOI, yeah. When he goes into, like, the IOI, and kind of lives the life of a basically an indentured servant for right. them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I thought that added real weight to it. I, I think the stakes were that there's this this group, this corporation. I know it's kind of anti-capitalistic or whatever. There's this corporation who, because of greed um, and because of this, the desperation to control this this awesome resource that is the Oasis, they'll do anything. They'll right. kill, you know what I mean? And, and Yeah, I- I don't know how it's how, how in the movie do you feel those stakes? Uh, I don't think it's in the movie. I don't think they do as good a job of that. Mm-hmm. There is they make a they're out of character that's not in the book, who basically is like almost like an assassin. Oh, okay. Um, and she's like a real world like threat to okay. aiding them. But uh-huh. I never felt like it in the movie it had the same way as the book because okay. And I mean in in the book, yeah, he is. The movie, you you do feel like I think there's more in the book. There's there is some. You know, not and almost in a way, it's like he he the, he doesn't really care about his aunt. He's almost more free of her. It's more the old lady right, that right, he doesn't right. really have much interaction with. But he's not same thing in the book or the movie too. And then, you know, uh, when when he does get threatened, when they find out who he is, and when one of the Japanese brothers dies, then yeah, then th- I I feel like in the book you do feel that the stakes are pretty high. I guess the one thing also is in the, the whole idea of 
what are they going to do with all that money when they're done? Are they going to actually um, enact any change in the real world? Right. Do you feel that in the movie? Or does you it do feel like we won a video game and now we're going to be happy? And Well, I can't spoil the movie for okay. you. They do enact um, some... Now, a lot of people complained about that. Do they just that, get rid of like pop-up ads in the Oasis? <laughs> <laughs> they do something that's actually different than the book in the, in the end of the movie. Okay. The Oasis, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I need to see that to um, see how, how that affects me. And I think that it would, in real life, it would be super unpopular what they do. Let's put uh, that way. Okay. If, they, if there was an Oasis, it would be super unpopular. Okay. Um, but to affect change in the real world, you don't get that. No. You don't get it in the book either. Really. No, and... But there's, I mean, this is the first of what could be a series, too. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I Ready Player Two, I wish I'd copyrighted that. My, my buddy was like, as soon as you read that first book, you should just copyright, copyright Ready Player Two <laughs> so they'd pay you money when they, when they try to get, use it. Or get like a web page. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whose turn is it? My turn? Oh, uh, yeah, your turn. Um, okay, so then this is. My thing is not really a negative. I just feel like it could have been, it could have been so much better. That's that's my thought from reading that book is because there was some excitement with the um, at the end when they're all storming the the mansion. I mean that was exciting. The, the, the there was when tension. Ultraman is fighting. Yes, right. Yeah, that's awesome. Like that. That's that's. I think that was good. I liked that part of the book, and I did like some of the stuff like you know with the um, with the school. With the stacks, there were some there were some really great ideas in there, which I felt like I don't know if he could have taken a little bit more time to flesh those out, or maybe he never really would have. Well, I don't. Or I mean, the book is kind of long, right? I mean, it's yeah. pretty long book for that genre. So I think a lot um, of that time is spent, like you said, exposition, and right. that's one of the reasons why I think the book drags. Yes. For people. Um, and, and if he would have found some way to make the nostalgia less gimmicky. Um, I don't know. I, I that that to me I think he I just thought there were so many great ideas just right next to so many bad ideas or bad execution. Like some of the things were really great. Some of the things were really exciting, really cool ideas, and then other things were just like, uh, you go up and like Wah. and it was it that that to me because I did there was I there were parts of the book that I liked and I, I enjoyed and I thought, Oh, that's a really good idea. Other parts, obviously I like I've said, I, I wasn't super pumped about um, I feel the other question I think is interesting is is also this is not that that new of an idea the whole virtual reality and then you know the getting lost in virtual reality that what was that Bruce Willis movie I forget do you remember that where people kind of they kind of go into virtual reality and they don't come out um, the Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not Bruce Willis. No, Bruce Willis is like Johnny a detective. No, he's a detective. And he, um, someone gets murdered inside the virtual reality and he has to try and find it out. And like, you know, it's one of those ones where you, there's this beautiful woman and you find out it's really some 300 pound dude. I really know. don't know what that is. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it. But it's. So it's, does Bruce Willis get catfished by her? In the no, he's, he's uh, investigating a murder and he's. There's like a lot of people are kind of in this world and they don't come out that much and he's not really about that. He's not about that life, and um, and he's researching and, and investigating. But but the, I, I guess the idea isn't isn't super new and and right now we're we're trying to see how we can get into it. That's how 
uh, what's the Battlestar Galactica? Um, how the it's called Surrogates. Surrogates is that it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah. That's a good yeah. movie. I I thought that was really interesting. Involves robots that do the work. Yeah. And uh, this movie, um, Battlestar Galactica. There was like a prequel to that. I forget what it's called, but it's got Eric Stoltz in it. And he plays mm-hmm. a doctor, and his his daughter well, like the original Marty McFly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. He, you know why he didn't get picked? Well, he was, they filmed part of they it. They filmed part. I forget. Just didn't have the charisma, I remember right? reading that. He didn't have the chemistry with, uh, with uh, the female Doc. lead. Oh, oh. Wait, wait, the mom? The mom female lead? Well, that's uh, a different story. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, <laughs> We're getting off topic again. Different day, different podcast. <laughs> Why Eric, Eric Stoltz? Stoltz? Actually, we need to do a whole season of Eric Stoltz podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I was talking about, I'm getting off, off topic, but... But in that, in that, I, I need to look up that preview. But okay, just the point is this idea of getting lost in the virtual reality and whether it's nothing new. Yeah. It, it, and so, I, I wonder if we're almost too. We've seen this so much, and it's still. I think it's still. There's still a lot of uh, room for exploring that because it's it's kind of becoming our lives, slowly. Yeah. Um, not not yet, and not and not in the not in the way you know most things that we envision happening they don't happen the way we envision them happening, right. you know. But it's it's something's happening and something's going to happen, and we're trying to imagine what that will be like. Um, but I almost wonder, like this movie, there's so much discussion about it. We've talked about it a lot. If the way we look at these things is, you know, if this movie was made 20 years ago, oh, would, would it really it? have been? Would we have looked at it as critically? I don't know. You know, that's a really separate from the nostalgia. Just there's so many, there's so much analysis of this movie, and I think it's also because uh, Spielberg's making it. So you know, people pay more attention than if Uwe Boll was making. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Uwe Boll, um, my favorite director of all time. That's right. That and I, I don't know. I think we we take things too seriously now. Some things we take more seriously than we did before that we should be taking seriously, but sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, it's sometimes just a movie. Sometimes yeah. a movie is just a movie and a book is just a book. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so my last reason why I liked it, all right, is, uh, and this is just a really, probably shallow reason to like a book, but I'm human, what can I say? Um, the, that would be that the book, Ready Player One, takes place in Ohio. As does the movie. Now, not all of Ready Player One takes place in Ohio. It actually begins in Oklahoma City, or Oklahoma, I think, uh-huh. um, in the book. But the movie takes place in Ohio. And you know the what? The movie's all in Ohio? Yeah. He's not in Oklahoma? He's not in Oklahoma. Where's this? Columbus. It's all in Columbus. Yeah, pretty much all. Yeah, it is all in Columbus. Now, in the book, um, he goes to different places in Ohio, on, di- on different planets for recreations of Ohio, like Middletown, right. Ohio, which uh-huh. I'm familiar with. and that So that kind of stuff allowed me to connect more to the book. You know what I mean? And Ernest Klein's from Middletown? He's No, no. He's he's from, I think, Amherst or... Okay. or I, I, mean, I wonder if he's Amherst ever been to Middletown. Is there Amherst, Ohio? Ashland, yeah. Ohio? Yeah, Amherst. There's Ashland. He's from, he's from Ohio, but the main character... Not the main character, but um, the guy who creates the Oasis, Oasis in the book, those two guys are from Middletown. Like, they if, met, I think. If I were from Middletown, I would try to create the Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> it is an Oasis already! <laughs> But yeah, so um, I I mean, I like that. I thought that was cool. You yeah, know, it's it's kind of cool when you see a movie, and it takes place in your area. It's I don't know, like uh, the movie, uh, the Spielberg, not Spielberg movie, J.J. Abrams Spielbergish movie, uh, uh, 
eight, something eight. Super eight, Super yeah, eight, it takes yeah. place like not too far from where we're recording this right now. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that? huh? Where's the Super eight supposed to be? Just outside Dayton here. Is it? Yeah, oh yeah. I didn't Preble know. Preble County, man. Super Look at the map. In the background, there's a map and they have like where the, where the alien sightings are uh -huh. and they pinpointed it. It's right there in Preble County. Wow. Yeah. I, well, didn't, I know that. Wow, that's news. Okay. Yeah, I knew that going in, so that made me enjoy the movie. Well, now I really need to watch that because I wanted to watch that for a while. I just never got to it. I'll, I'll leave borrow it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so I think we've um, thoroughly exhausted this subject, <laughs> and um, I'm sure everybody's heard as much as they want to about Ready Player One. So uh, I don't think we have anything else left to say on it. So I look um, forward to reading Ready Player Two. Yes. Um, and I'm going to read uh, Ender's Game to c compare and contrast. Ender's Game is better. Yes. It's Ender's Game is one of my favorite novels of all time. Wow. Oh, High uh, praise. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, let us know what you think. Um, leave comments, likes, things like that. Rate it. Rate it. <laughs> rate it. Five stars, five thumbs up. Um, and uh, you can find us at uh, on Twitter at Zachary Doesn't and... McMurray Muses. And uh, we will see you next time. Yep. Peace, Peace out. God bless.